can't do it. <laughs> just tell me when you're ready. I'll just be here. Okay. how are we starting this? We had to do a little introduction. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, do we say hello or something? This is just for ourselves. Hello, future Elizabeth and Teresa. Hello. Okay, gross. <laughs> hello, future. Future us. us? What are we doing today? Welcome to the first... <laughs> Welcome to the first ever live recording of our podcast in person coming at you live in person from my porch beautiful day outside minnesota (laughs) location is important it is may 7th at 2 25 p.m saturday just the details for the record books this is a call for help (laughs) if you're listening to this Please come save us. We're being held here against our will. (laughs) Okay, actually, though. Okay. Wait, is this just for us? I don't know. (laughs) It's for us and whoever else wants to be part of our informal book club. Okay. I would say. Okay. So, hello, future us and everyone who is part of our informal book club. (laughs) Yes. Okay, great. Do we have to, like, should we say the name of our podcast? Probably. It's Beautiful Fools. Yes. Beautiful Fools. And that ties in excellent with our first book that we read. It does. Which is? The Great Gatsby. Oh my gosh. By F. Scott Fitzgerald. Wow. A classic, if you will. If you will. Yes. (laughs) Before we get started, I have an important question for you today. Okay. This is our introduction question that has nothing to do about the book. This is just like our best friend get to know each other question. Okay, I didn't need to come up with the question. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, this is just what I have. So I have a game at home. It's a best friend game. And there's like 200 cards that have questions on them front and back. So I just put my hand in, pulled out a random card. This is what the question was. There is a bonus question that I wrote down on, that was on the other side of the card because I thought it was funny, but we'll get to that later. Okay. okay. The first question is, who would I call if I had to get rid of a dead body? Nolan. See, I should have thought about this ahead of time so that I had an answer since I was literally the one who had the question. Yes. And I think that I would call him, aside from the fact that I think he would be a panic, disastrous mess. I'm sorry, Nolan. <laughs> I don't know that you would handle yourself well in this situation but I would call you as I'm doing it and I would keep you updated yeah definitely for sure Mm -hmm. I would any of your friends be calm I I would think Casey would be okay she's very good like she's like the person who will do whatever you need no questions asked okay so I think she would like rally herself together and we'd be like let's go dump this in the woods okay perfect okay Casey did you hear that? You'll be called upon shortly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there are some plans <laughs> for later today that I've yet to be informed on. I'm just tying in the motif of a cry for help. Oh, 
in our podcast. Yes. Just like the American dream is dead. Yes. The American dream is dead. That is being buried in the woods. True. Oh, so I have to answer the question for you now. Oh. Who would you... Oh. Would you call me? I would call Taylor Swift. Okay. And then I would call Teresa. Okay. A second resort, if you will. I understand that Taylor Swift would be number one, naturally, as she should be. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware you had her phone number. Could you send me her contact (laughs) after this? Because, like, I'm sorry, Casey, but I might bump you down my list for her as well. She actually only gives it out to close personal friends, so I don't know if I could betray her trust. If I'm a close personal friend, like, does does it carry down? No. Oh. It's a bad situation. It is. Yeah. That's a bummer for me, Mm -hmm. really. Yes. No, but my answer would be you. Okay. Yeah, I think I would be good in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, I I would drive the three hours from where I live. I mean, I could murder NDL. You don't know where I am. You could. You could be at your cabin. Yeah. That's close by for me. I could just, like, pop on over after work. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. You really, you travel quite a bit. Why would I commit a murder in my hometown? Uh, You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. There's a lot of people around here that you see frequently that might need death. (laughs) Is the the FBI going to come for us now? Is the FBI listening to this? (laughs) I don't know if somebody at the FBI wants to be part of our informal book club. You never know. I exclude no people. This is an inclusive podcast. Yeah, this is welcoming for everyone. Everyone. Okay, the second question that I wrote down that just seemed really fitting It might be a hard question for you, understandably. Okay, I'm scared. What is my mom's first name? (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to explain the fact that you forgot my mom's name like a couple weeks ago? (laughs) First of all, let me explain the fact that I did not forget your mom's first name. I mistook her first name with another mom's first name, a very famous mom's first name. Yes, that's fair. Angela should be proud that I mistook her for Andrea Swift one time. One in the same, honestly. Same person, if you will. Same person. Your mom and Taylor's mom. Yes. Are the same person. We were birthed from the same. You are Taylor's sister. Yes. Okay. Iconic. I now... I now accept this. This was a good question. Yes. I'm glad we covered it. Seriously, one of the questions. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Who wouldn't know their best friends? I'm not parents? sure. Okay. I'm not sure. But. <laughs> Sounds uh, like an intro level question. Intro. Like maybe an acquaintance version of the game <laughs> that you could play with, with acquaintances. <laughs> maybe an icebreaker. <laughs> an icebreaker question. <laughs> a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> It is often the first question I ask strangers when I run into them or meet them in different situations. First name. That is probably a question I need for getting rid of the dead body. That's probably why those were on the same card as well. Probably if they tie into it. Yeah. Should I say your mom's first name? Sure. Dawn. Congrats. Good. Okay. You got it. Good. Okay. So I'm glad we know each other's mom's first names. Me too. Yeah, that, and good. all of our informal FBI listeners out there, do not come for us. No, we're very... We're using fake never. names. We, d- aren't, we don't exist. Not real people. This is a recording of, <laughs> of a robot. 
not real people. Don't come for us. Nobody's listening to this, let's be honest. <laughs> okay, that was a good introduction, I think. Yeah, thank you for coming with fun. those, prepared with you're, those questions You're today. welcome. I really tried to prepare well for this. It's been a long time coming. Okay, what is our next? Okay, I, I think it's the Roaring Twenties. Okay. Which is another Gatsby-related thing that we came up with. Yes. So, the Roaring Twenties is a segment that we're going to do in which we talk about us existing in our 20s. Yeah. How we are failing or succeeding as fresh, young, 20-year-old people. (laughs) 20s. Exactly. (laughs) What? (laughs) Precisely. Okay, I think you should go first since I had the questions. Okay. Um, I don't have a personal um example for this i okay. wrote down a gatsby quote oh she's really tying it into in the book mouth. i am really tying oh, it into gatsby okay let me just read this quote okay. quickly what do we do with ourselves this afternoon cried daisy and the day after that and the next 30 years you know i that a good quote a good quote and that resonated with me because what am I going to do for the next 30 years? If anyone has an I- any ideas, let us know. I don't really want to go down a mental spiral, which is what if I think about this for too long, I will most definitely be going down. But I do also relate to that. Not sure what I'm doing on any given day at any given moment. Exactly. So I'm just going to okay. let our, our listeners resonate, like, that quote resonates yeah. with them. Okay, that's good. So take that. Pause for thought. Pause over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very quick pause. Great. I hope that you had some good thoughts there. <laughs> My Roaring Twenty was is very specific to me in that I don't think other people necessarily are going to relate to this, but it affects my life greatly. Okay. So, well, I kind of have two things that relate to each other. The main theme is male. When you become an adult, you get more mail. The insurance companies send so much mail. If you don't know my background, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I've been in three car accidents. So that's a lot of car insurance things that I get. Most of the time when I go check my mail, there are at least, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm not kidding, There are at least three envelopes from my car insurance sitting in my mailbox. One could say that State Farm is writing you fan mail. One could (laughs) refer to it as such. As fan mail. (laughs) You know, actually, I'm really honored about that, but it's not State Farm. We actually cancel State Farm. (laughs) State Farm is not our friend. But American Family Insurance, if you're listening, you could sponsor me, actually. I give you a lot of money. I'm really good for business. <laughs> Not the cancellation. Stay Barb. That's a story for a different day. Okay. But you're right, fan mail. I should rethink about this. Mm-hmm. Positive mindset, Elizabeth. An what am I thinking? What am I thinking? That's not on brand for me. Please don't expect <laughs> that in any future episodes. Thank you. You're right. It's not on brand. <laughs> okay, but back to my thing. Okay. On any given day, I get at least like three. I uh, three things of my insurance company sitting in my mailbox. So I take them out, I bring them up to my apartment and I put them on my dining room table and I leave them there for, I would say anywhere between two to four weeks. During that time, I then move the envelopes into my office and put them in a basket on the floor in my closet. 
never to be opened. Do I want to know what's in them? No. Is that any of my business? No. I don't want them. Am I too scared to throw them away? Absolutely. Because I don't know what's inside them. But also, it's none of my business as to what's inside them. So when I tell you that I have probably at this point 100 envelopes from my insurance company sitting on the floor in my closet, that is accurate. I was going to count them to get an exact number and I totally forgot. That's a whole afternoon project. That is an afternoon project. I can confirm that after living in the closet, (laughs) they are in there. They're in there with you? They were in there with me. Did you guys have a good time in there together? Good. I counted them. There's 109. Oh, okay. So I was pretty close. You were pretty close. Did you also like the closet sticks that I have in there? Yes. Those are for chewing on any for given recre- day when you're bored. Chewing. Yes, yes. Okay. So Why you and those that? sticks thank had a good time in there. Yeah, thank you. Okay, good. I'm glad. I, I mean, I put them in there for you specifically. So I'm glad you had a good time with them. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so yeah, that's my roaring 20s is that I have, I get a ridiculous amount of mail from my insurance company. Don't open any of them. Don't know what's in there. Don't want to know what's in there. But I just have piles and piles so we do not love that for you no it's aggressive yeah like you should write them back and be like why are you so obsessed with me i should i should send them a let for them to get in the mail (laughs) you should send an double what they send you it could just be the same letter i'll just print hundreds of copies (laughs) and send it back return address return to sender (laughs) what if i just return to sender all the things they send me (laughs) Sorry, I didn't want your end. I didn't want your mail, so I'm I'm returning it. I didn't want no. Hey, Melon, no thanks. <laughs> hey, Melon, no thanks. <laughs> Not for me. Okay, well that was fun. I liked I liked our roaring twenties today. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Okay, good. I think now I think we discussed cats. Is that the book we read for this episode? It's the book I read for this episode. Is it the book you read? Yes. Good. I think we read the same book. That's excellent. That's- I love when that happens. <laughs> A mistake, but a perfect mistake. This, guys, this was not planned at all. We just decided to read a book, and we happened to read the same one. We have the same mind. We think alike. It's been enough years. Um, I don't, what do you... So, should we start with a character or a quote or a Taylor Swift song? I think we should start with a quote. Okay. Just jump right on in. Okay. I wrote down about eight quotes. Okay, I have exactly half of that. So four. let me peruse them a little bit. You know what? One quote that I actually really liked, especially the second time reading it, was when Nick says to Gatsby, they're a rotten crowd. You're worth the whole damn bunch put together. That's cute. And that is cute. That's a really cute quote. I just thought that was really sweet of Nick to say. Yeah. Even though Nick multiple times says that he does not trust Gatsby <laughs> and dislikes him, I thought that that was a little bit of Natsby slipping through there. And Natsby, if you will, is Nick and Gatsby together. Correct. I just, if anybody didn't know. It is Nick and Gatsby together in a romantic relationship. Because as much as Nick hates Gatsby, arguably he's actually in love with Gatsby. I would argue that Gatsby is the original enemies to lovers. <laughs> It's a new genre. <laughs> it's the blueprint. <laughs> Fitzgerald knew what he was doing. He was writing fan fiction. 
And he disguised it as a classic. You're right. What a guy. <laughs> what what a an guy. author. We should have him on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, you have Taylor's number, so you must also have Fitzgerald's. Yes. Okay, I'll let you reach out to him for next okay, time. Okay, we'll get in a Ouija board. <laughs> okay. And call him up. I will let you do that on your own. <laughs> okay. You let me know when you've called him up. Okay. I would like to be excluded from that phone call. <laughs> excluded from that narrative. Yeah, say Melon, no thanks. Okay, what's your quote? Okay, <laughs> mine is not as lovely as your quote. Okay. Mine is a random one I pulled off of the page, which is, I know very little about driving, next to nothing. <laughs> I felt that one in my soul as I was reading. I thought of you when I read that part. Thank I thought you. of me as well. Yeah, neither of us enjoy driving. No. It's, it's not a good task. Um... I don't know if I should say who that that quote was by Owl Eyes. Correct. Who never doesn't have a name. No, he's just o- Owl Eyes. Yep. The entire he comes up randomly the entire book, and he's only ever referred to as Owl Eyes. But I thought that was a really a really good one. That's really fitting. Thank you. If you have anything to take away from Gatsby, <laughs> I think that's the quote. I think the biggest takeaway from the book is that don't get in a car. I would agree. Nothing turned out well for anyone. No, and don't run in front of a moving car. Yes, specifically that. That could get you dead. That could get you <laughs> good and dead. Good dead and gone. <laughs> I I do have another quote that's a little bit better than my random quote okay. by Owl Eyes. So that one I liked, but I thought maybe I should come up with like a little bit more of a classic quote. So my other one was at the very end, Nick says this as they're leaving the hotel, coming back into town. And he said, so we drove on toward death through the cooling twilight. I wrote down that quote too. No way. It just sounded so mysterious. It does. And I don't quite know what that means or where I would relate that to anything, but it sounds awesome. Yes. So yeah, that's my other non-random weird quote. I love that quote. Um, I have another quote as well. Oh. I do not remember when this was, but I did write down almost every quote in which the word gay is synonymous with the word happy. Oh, because they use those, they use that interchangeably yeah. in those days. Yeah. Um, this is a, a snippet of a quote. <laughs> I have no idea where this is in the book. <laughs> I'm glad how thorough your notes <laughs> My are. Notes are terrible. <laughs> you had the thoughts. You wrote them down. You and you brought them here today. <laughs> right. So I have no idea when this takes place, but it says. Imagining that I, too, was hurrying towards gaiety. Ah. And I relate to that, as I am hurrying towards (laughs) gaiety at this very moment. In what ways are you hurrying towards gaiety? I love women. (laughs) It sounds like you're hurrying. I'm hurrying. (laughs) She's zooming, dude. And um, I wrote down that emo boy Nick said that quote. Oh. So he must... Is he different from Nick Carraway? (laughs) He's one of Nick's many personalities. Yes. Sorry that I can add zero context to that scene. Yeah, I'm now curious as to what what made him want to say that. Where was he yeeting himself towards gaiety? (laughs) Maybe that's when he first met Gatsby. 
That would really put a lot of emphasis, a lot of support behind Natsby. It for would. For sure. It would. If only the person <laughs> who is taking the notes. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't, I don't blame you for anything. My notes are bad, too. <laughs> I'm going to have to read it again. Okay. <laughs> read the whole book. Pause. Elizabeth's going to reread the book. We'll come back and we'll get you that info. It only took me three weeks to read it the first or the second time. So this third time around, two weeks tops. It only took us eight years to read the book for a second time. So actually we'll be back in eight more years when you get around to it for the third time. Yeah. It'll be good. Perfect. Okay, so did you write down a character that you relate to? I did, and then I actually also was really curious, so I took a um, BuzzFeed quiz. Oh. And I had, because I, well, I had my own character, and then I wanted to see if I took a BuzzFeed quiz, what character it would give me, so I also have that, and then I wrote down the little description as to why it told me I was that character. Okay, Because I thought curious. that would be interesting. I want to know. Yeah. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Yes, I'm very curious. Okay. Well, I'll start first with the BuzzFeed character, okay. which was Daisy. I got Daisy. Interesting. Because you appear innocent and happy on the outside, but very few people know about your dark side. Maybe something is going on that's causing you to feel this way. I'd say that's eerily accurate. I thought so, too. I mean, kind of makes me sound like I'm a secret serial killer or something, which I'm not, not. but... Did you hear that, FBI? <laughs> Are you still if there? you're still here, <laughs> I promise. Yeah, I was kind of, I was shocked, and then I was still a bit scared that it was, that it seemed so accurate, because I thought it would be ridiculous and mm-hmm. dumb. That's why I took the BuzzFeed quiz, and then I got that. I wonder what the other characters would be. Like, Jordan, you're a professional golfer. <laughs> you love sports. You're athletic. You're a side character. You're unhonest. You're unhonest. You're, dis- you're the most dishonest. You would never tell the truth. Um, yeah, but, okay, so then the character I picked for myself was not Daisy. I picked a character for you. Oh, you did? Yeah. I did not pick one for you. Sorry about that. I barely picked one for I, you. I didn't, I didn't know we were picking them for each other. Oh, well, when I saw that, I know very little about driving next to nothing. It happened, and that's all I know. I picked Owl, owl Eyes. Owl Eyes. Okay, you. so I did write down Owl Eyes as well, um, but I wasn't quite sure, because he's a, he's a little bit of a weird, chaotic character. Not that the one that I picked is any less of a weird character. So I picked Cliff Springer. Okay. (laughs) Because this is what I wrote. He's just kind of always there and brings no real importance to the story. (laughs) Which arguably, Owlwise does the same thing. They're one and the same character, if you will. But Cliff Springer's a little bit more creative. He plays, he's a musician. And well, I'm not a musician. (laughs) I put us in the same arts creative character okay so okay. i resonated with that part of his character so i settled on cliff springer okay, that makes a little bit more sense <laughs> so between daisy and cliff springer i think there's a good i i'm in there somewhere yeah i think a mix yeah you're their love child yes they're illegitimate love i, I child, like that if, you, if yeah. you will yes i like that okay that is perfect i okay. myself also identify as a love child Oh, for two characters. A, a Nick and Gatsby love child? 
Correct. Uh, I that... identify as both Nick and Gatsby. Good. I identify as Nick because I often apologize profusely for no reason. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I hate myself. <laughs> and I'm uninteresting. <laughs> I would argue those statements personally for you. Okay. But in knowing you for so long, I see where you drew those conclusions about yourself. That's a small part, a small percentage. I'm like 10% Nick, 90% Gatsby. Okay. Um, Gatsby is obsessive. He is. And I would say oh. that I'm made of 99.99% <laughs> obsession. This is all clicking in my head here. Yeah. So Gatsby is pining over Daisy the- for five years. Yeah, the fixation on it's one the, thing. It's the hyperfixation yeah. on a person. Sure. But unlike me, Gatsby has actually met the woman <laughs> that he is hyperfixating he on. He has a, a real reason to be hyperfixated. Yes, he has hope. Um, I don't have any hope that Jodie Comer will one day live across the bay from me and reciprocate any sort of feelings. But you also, you both have great dreams. Yeah. And you just live in those dreams. We're dreamers. We have entire fantasies in our minds. I think you just have to change the way you look at it instead of hyperfixation. You're just great big dreamers. We're optimistic. Yes. Hopeful. Hopeful, if you will. Yes. Perfect. Okay. I like that. I like that you were main characters. You're the main characters (laughs) in this story. I... (laughs) Characters that no one remembers. No one remembers. One doesn't even have a name, a real name. (laughs) I think, but I do feel like this is accurate. Okay. Although if we want to go with BuzzFeed's answer for me, I could be Daisy too. You could be. I can see it. But I I do think somewhere in the middle there, between Nick and Gatsby's you, and somewhere between Cliff Springer and Daisy is me. Correct. We're both love childs. We are. That's awesome for us. Way to go. Great. (laughs) Way to go. Way to go, Oz. Way to go, old sport. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the old sport count. Should we do that next or do you want to do that later? Let's do that now. Okay. So this is the one piece of information that I really wanted to get out of this second read. I really needed to know how many times Gatsby says old sport. As do I. And I was going to go further and figure out how many pages Gatsby appears in and how many lines of dialogue he has and what the proportion to old sport to dialogue is. Oh, this is is. like a legit science project, if you will. It would be. If I did it. Okay! (laughs) I was a productive member of society. So your notes, again, are blank. I should stop listing things that I could have done and instead just let... What I did do <laughs> suffice. <laughs> suffice. <laughs> okay. Wait, I need to guess. Okay, go first. ahead. Give me give me your guess. I'm gonna go with a solid 77. Whoa. That's a lot. Okay. So Gatsby says old sport 43 times. Oh, yikes. I was off. But let's keep in mind that the book is 200 pages. And also Gatsby speaks or is around for very little of the actual book. Yeah, we don't, we don't even meet him until the end of chapter three. Which this book, the chapters are huge. That's about like a third of the way through the book, I would Correct. say. Yeah, I was shocked upon reading it again how little Gatsby's actually in this book. Mm-hmm. Noting that it's called The Great Gatsby. Correct. He's not really in it. <laughs> And barely speaks. 
So four, you said 43? 43 times. And one of those times is at the end when Nick, when after he's dead, when Nick has that vision yeah. of him, he says old sport in that vision. So the alive version of Gatsby says it 42 times, but in total, Gatsby says it 43 times. And if we're going to talk about how many times old sport is actually in the book, I think it would be 45 because Tom says it twice. Yes. That's still a decent amount of times for how small of a book this is. I think the most that he ever said it on one page was three times. That's pretty aggressive <laughs> for dialogue. It's a pretty aggressive old sport. <laughs> hey, old sport. <laughs> Do you like the word old sport? Can I call you old sport? Old sport? Do you mind if I change your name to old sport? <laughs> Would that bother you? Oh, let's go down to the courthouse. <laughs> Legally change your name. Old sport. <laughs> I like old sport for you better <laughs> than your name. I will be changing it. Did you Google how many times it said to see what Google said? I did not. BRB. We'll be right back with some information. <laughs> Please enjoy this ad. HelloFresh. I have gotten HelloFresh once, and I will say it was pretty easy to make. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> We're not. I don't have to pretend to read an ad made up Ooh, on the spot. Okay. I was right. Gatsby himself uses Old Sport 42 times of 45 uses. I, I guess they're not counting the vision as sure. part of his... Which I guess is understandable since he it wasn't really was dead. I mean, he said it while he was alive, obviously, but it's going back in time. And do you want to know how many times he says it during the movie? Oh! 55 times during the movie. Oh, Leo really got excited about that old sport then, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. <laughs> he took it and ran with it. That was his creative decision. He really embodied the Gatsby character. That was my That's one so... major contribution to this podcast. <laughs> Just that. From here on out, no more contributions. Please do not expect anything else from me. Thank you. That is a really interesting fact, though, and I'm glad you did that research for us. It is. Clearly, I could have just Googled it. <laughs> it was more fun to type out every time he said it in my notes. I think it was more fun that you put in that effort to bring that information to us. Yes. Thank Good. you. Good. Thank well, you. thank you for doing that. You're welcome, old sport. <laughs> thank you, old sport. <laughs> Please count an old sport count for our podcast. <laughs> we'll be changing the name of this podcast to, to old, old sports. sports. <laughs> As we are both very athletic and old. Yes. Okay. Should we discuss our thoughts on the book? Sure. What are some interesting things? Oh, let's that not you... talk about the book. <laughs> Immediately, no. <laughs> I'm done. I just came here for the old sport count. I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Sure. Uh, general thoughts. Nick sucks. Nick is terrible. Who let him, who approved this? <laughs> who let him narrate a book? <laughs> who let My him God, this? the last chapter, I, I honestly skimmed it. I don't, I could not tell you what the last chapter was about. Don't remember it. He said nothing in that chapter. Just like, I love Gatsby, but I hate him. Actually, he's kind of the worst. I'm going to go do something else. I'm leaving New York. I can't sell bonds anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. 
We didn't come for Nick's life story. No. We came for Gatsby's life story. It was called The Great Gatsby And when Gatsby's life ended, the book should have ended. We were talking about this before, but when he makes a list of everyone who came to Gatsby's party, I mean, Nick is the king of unnecessary (laughs) information. Okay. This actually irks me so much. Page 62 and 63. If you decide- Rip them out. (laughs) Get rid of them. (laughs) If you decide to read The Great Gatsby, (laughs) if this podcast- So willingly helps you decide that you want to read the book. Don't read pages 62 and 63. He's just going to go on a rant and list all of the people that he can remember that have showed up to Gatsby's parties. Mm -hmm. It is a list of names. King of unimportant information. Truly. He does like to ramble. But I feel like that would be helpful in like scenes like the hotel scene, right? Yeah. But... It's not because he rambles in unimportant parts and then important parts he grazes over. Oh my gosh, the hotel scene is so short. And it's like the pinnacle of Gatsby. And it's supposed to be like the climax, the most, well, I guess maybe Gatsby being shot. Spoiler alert, if you're not reading, what? Spoiler alert, Gatsby dies. (laughs) Oops. He done got himself shot dead. I guess it's not really his fault that he died, to be fair, to give him credit. But the hotel scene is so, so short. It's just a couple pages. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess because it's been like literally, what, eight years, seven years mm-hmm. since we read the book for the first time, my core memories have been replaced by the movie because I've seen the movie since then. Yes. So, obviously, the movie's gonna, like, drag out that scene. More is gonna happen because it's important. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you're hyping up to the climax of the book or the story. So, I was expecting them to, like, hang out there for a while for some things to happen, whatever, before Gatsby's like, Daisy never loved you, Tom. Like, get out of here. Get out of town. Mm-hmm. Leave. We're gonna go get married. We're gonna take your child. And that happens the second they get to the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Instantly. And yeah, Nick just barely talks about it. Yeah, it's like they went to the hotel for the purpose of having that argument. So they just got right into it. I don't think Nick says anything during that entire scene, except at the end where he says, I just remembered today's my birthday. That is one of my notes. Again, (laughs) with the unimportant details. I'm not saying that Nick's birthday is unimportant. I'll say it. <laughs> what what was the purpose of that detail? Like he was writing a story. I guess this is on now I'm criticizing the author, but he was writing the book and was like, as the scene is going along, let's just ha- have it be Nick's birthday. How about? And Nick's gonna suddenly remember. Just, like, he totally, the entire day went by. (laughs) This is the end of the day. The entire day has gone by. Nick has completely forgotten. (laughs) His own birthday. Not a sight. Not a sight in mind. What? That's not a saying, is it? I don't. It's hard to care about Nick when he doesn't even care about himself. I just simply, he said that, and I wrote it down because why? Who is Nick? What is he doing? Does Jordan even respond to that? I can't remember. I don't think, I don't think any, I think (laughs) he says that and then they're all in the car. They're all driving (laughs) back. Like that was the end of it. Nobody speaks another word. Nick's just like, oh, you know what? It's my birthday. I wonder how old he was turning. 30. Oh, does he say that? Yes. Okay. Clearly, I did not care. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were like, next birthday, skip. <laughs> next part. <laughs> but if we're talking about really important scenes that are super short, Gatsby's death. Less than a page. <laughs> if if you don't know that he's dying or you don't know the story, you kind of have to read it about three times to figure out that he died. Yeah. I or that he was shot. I read it and I was like, oh, did he just, he just died. Did he just die? I was like. <laughs> Like, obviously, I knew that he died, but I read it. I was like, huh, was that... You know, I, I was waiting for more to happen. Was that it? I thought it was still going to be, like, leading up to his death, and then we, like, moved on, and I was mm-hmm. like, hold on a minute. Oh, that that was him dying. That was it. Yeah, Nick's planning his funeral now. Yeah. So he must have died. <laughs> he stopped breathing back there. <laughs> oh, interesting. And it doesn't, like, he doesn't say a whole lot. You know that it's Wilson that mm-hmm. shoots him, but... Barely. Barely. You have to be, like, some, like, super smart English major to decipher this. Probably Lobs. That's Pro- why we you read it with her the Lobs. first time. Fitzgerald wrote this book for Lobs. Personally dedicated it to her. The only reason I know this information <laughs> is because the first time I read the book, I had Lobs teach me about it. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Um, okay, let's stick with the hotel scene for a second, because, I mean, Daisy, I think Daisy's personality really comes out during the hotel scene. Yeah. Like, she's a savage. She is. And I admire her. She just kind of sits there and cries, though, and doesn't say a lot for a while. Yes, but before the crying, when they get there and they're like, oh, it's so hot, she says, open another window, and Jordan says, there aren't any more, and Daisy goes, well, we better telephone for an axe. <laughs> You're right. It's just a little comedic relief. She does. She, you can tell that Daisy gets, like, worked up and frustrated in that scene. And she's mm-hmm. like, what's happening? Why are we here? This isn't going to go well. And she just doesn't care anymore. She's like, I can't be this high-class, pretty person anymore. Yes. Let's just fix our problems. Exactly. And then she says to Tom, open the whiskey, Tom, and I'll make you a mint julep. Then you won't seem so stupid to yourself. <laughs> I'm glad you wrote this down. I read that and I laughed out loud. Yeah, that's funny. I was like, thank you. Let's call racist Tom out on his shit. <laughs> okay, another thing I did not remember this book was high key racist. High key. Several times. I have a note here. Tom is the worst. He just <laughs> speaks and I want to punch him through the book. Delete Tom from the <laughs> so what are- Erase him. Erase. Get him out of here. He is so annoying. Yeah, I can't stand him. Which, I guess, like, that's kind of the point of the character. You're not supposed to like him, obviously. Mm -hmm. So annoying. And one of my favorite all-time quotes from Gatsby that I've been saying for years since we read it in high school was, in my heart, I love her all the time. Reading it back, I realized that Tom actually (laughs) said that quote about Daisy. And I was under the impression that Gatsby and said that quote. he says that quote because he's trying to make himself feel better for how much he cheats. Mm-hmm. I, rem- I, n- I remember when he says that. Because they're, yeah, he's talking about how he has all these affairs and mm-hmm. with Myrtle and whatever. But he's like, but in my heart, I love her all the time. It's okay, it's okay that I cheat because <laughs> deep down inside... I still love her. Yeah, and obviously it's okay that Tom has Myrtle, but it's not okay that Daisy has Gatsby. No. Whoa, that is... What if in Daisy's heart she loves Tom all the time? (laughs) We don't know because nobody asked Daisy her opinions. Get me a Gatsby version 
from Daisy's perspective right now. Would actually be super interested to read that. Super interesting. Fitzgerald, when you talk to him, because you're going to call him up after this. Right. <laughs> when you talk to him, will you ask? He might have a manuscript sitting somewhere. I'll ask him. Please do. I'll ask him. Okay, get back to us on that. Okay. Okay, thank you. Oh, Okay, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the book Yeah, now. we kind of started at the end. Let's go back. <laughs> we, we, we skipped right to the most important part of the book. Yeah. So let's go back. Okay. We're going to go to the first party that Nick ever goes to of Gatsby's. Perfect. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, in the book. Yes. Iconic. I forgot slash didn't realize because it's not in the movie and a lot of my memory of the story, as I said, has been replaced by the movie. Gatsby full-on serves dinner. There are dining tables out. There are chairs. They're all like, let's sit around this table and eat together. Yes. What a good host, serving everyone dinner like that. King. King of hosting. He sure is. Just, that is not an important note. has nothing to do with the story. I just did not remember any of that. That's interesting, because in the movie... They're all just walking. Yeah, it looks around. like a, it looks like a house party. Essentially, yeah. Gatsby is the king of throwing house parties, mm-hmm. which he. I mean, he did it to. Wow, I don't know what my mouth just said. <laughs> to be fair, Fitzgerald describes the parties like that. He says it's a like an amusement park or right. whatever, which sounds like a very chaotic house party mm-hmm. as the movie shows. But in on the same way, it also sounds like it's a dinner party. Yeah, it's like, it's the best of both worlds. It's yeah. a Hannah Montana. <laughs> it's a Hannah Montana of parties. It is. <laughs> and Fitzgerald is rolling in his grave. <laughs> I just, if anyone's listening to, if anyone is listening to this, send help. But also, <laughs> please write this into an AP essay about Gatsby or an yeah. analysis about Gatsby. It was the Hannah Montana of parties. I quote for you. A <laughs> quote for somebody and else you can to quote, quote us at Beautiful Fools Podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Um yeah, okay. So I had that I had another comment about the beginning. Oh, the end of the party. I'm gonna bring up Owl Eyes again. Okay. Because him and I are buds. I, f- I feel like we really got close by the end of the book. connected. Yes. Okay. There's a, that car accident right outside. There is that car accident. Gatsby's house. <laughs> and Owl Eyes, the entire time, is just standing there. <laughs> and doesn't understand that the wheel fell off his car. <laughs> Everyone is like, dude, you got an accident because you literally drove over this curb and the wheel fell off your car. And he's like, what? I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't driving. What are you talking about? The, the wheel fell off my car? My car? My car. The one that's right here. You're telling me that the wheel fell off my car right here. That in- I was cackling that it entire was so scene. Funny. Kind of thought it was a bunch of useless, unimportant information. Nick mm-hmm. did not need to tell us that story because it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But I was laughing so hard the entire time I was reading it. But I'm glad he did include... That's one scene I'll give Nick credit yeah. for, for including. I completely forgot about that from the first time that we read it. I think Owl Eyes provides some comic relief throughout the story. He does. And I appreciate that. I did enjoy him trying to drive the car with the wheel off. He was yes. like, I'll just... He's like, you guys, are, you're not telling me the truth. Oh, I have the wheels. Like, I, I think I'm going to get out of here. It's still drivable, though. Yes. So I'll just get out of your way real quick. Because <laughs> I seem to be holding up. Some stuff here. You guys all seem like I'm in your way, so 
I'm just gonna get back in my car and I'll, I'll be out of your way soon. <laughs> no, sir. And then he's like, I'm not drunk. I would never drive drunk. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, owl eyes. What a guy. Seems like fake news. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know what? I love that first party. And you know why? Because why is Nick- that, Elizabeth? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> because Nick meets Gatsby. Yes, he does. For the first time at that party. He thinks he is so special, being the only one who got an invitation. That was... That's adorable. That's always going to be an adorable moment. Probably what started his love for Gatsby. Probably that handwritten invitation. Yeah. From Gatsby himself. That's what did it. One thing that I wrote down from that party is that Nick describes Gatsby for an entire paragraph, which in Gatsby, a paragraph is like half a page. It is. Because the pages are so small. He sees him, describes his smile as a rare smile with the quality of eternal reassurance, and then progresses, How poetic. And then progresses to describe him as an elegant young roughneck. Not really sure. Okay. Um, I did read this as well, but <laughs> and I, then, it's coming back to me. Yes, and then says his tanned skin was drawn attractively tight on his face, and his short hair looked as though it were trimmed every day. He's probably not wrong. It probably is trimmed every day. Yes, he's probably correct. He's very observant. He, that is, I don't know that I have ever observed somebody in that detail, ever. (laughs) So it says something about Nick, I feel like. It does, especially since they're hinting at this Jordan and Nick romance. But I don't, I couldn't tell you anything about Jordan's appearance, to be honest. She's described for a sentence. Correct. In the beginning of the book Mm -hmm. as Daisy's friend with short brown hair. Yeah. That's, you know, probably not the exact words that Fitzgerald used, but (laughs) that's the gist. Yes. It's just, it's just interest. It's just something I know. It's the (laughs) obsession for me. It's the obsession for me. (laughs) And then, I mean, I have to talk about this. I have to talk about the gay ellipses on page 51. Yes, this is the kind of stuff I write down in my notes. I have pages. I have receipts. Um, Very different to the notes that I wrote down. (laughs) Again, I have no context for this, but it is on page 51 if you want to look it up. It's an ellipses with queer undertones. (laughs) How, you ask, could punctuation be gay? Let me tell you. I need to be informed because I don't know this kind of information. I can't remember where this took place. If it's on a train. If it's on a... I don't know where this is. Maybe on a plane. Maybe it's on a plane. We don't know where they were. It's none of my business. (laughs) But Nick and Mr. McKee have sex wherever this took place. Because it says he... Oh, this was after they go to Catherine, yes. to Tom's apartment. This okay. is in an elevator. <laughs> no? Yes. 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 Okay, so Mr. McKee was selling art or something, or he was a photographer. Yeah. And they were all at the apartment together, and then they left together, and then there's an ellipses, and then Nick wakes up in his underwear, and he's still with Mr. McKee. Yeah, I read that about four times because I couldn't figure out what was happening because it, like... Cuts off. Yeah. The ellipses. Yeah. It's it was, left up to our own interpretation. Okay. 
Okay, I see, I, see, I see the undertones that you're... Why is he in his underwear? Why are they still together? They were both very drunk. Fair. Yes. So, you never know what happens. I'm just saying, like... I'm not, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I think that there's ample room <laughs> to argue anything Any, for anything that. Anything could have happened. Yeah. Night. We don't know. I'm just choosing to believe And it is a very a weird, specific detail for Nick to choose to include that he woke up in his underwear. Yes. Oh, another underwear-related quote that I wrote down from the hotel scene that I forgot to talk about when we were talking about the hotel scene. Okay. The prolonged and tumultuous argument that ended by herding us into that room alludes me. Though I have a sharp physical memory that, in the course of it, my underwear kept climbing like a damp snake around my legs and intermittent beads of sweat raced cool down my back. What? So he's like, I don't know what they were talking about, but, like, my underwear was, like, really damp. I'm getting a bit turned on in here, (laughs) if I do say so myself. It is hot and steamy up in this place. Hey, Nick. No, thanks. Hey, Mel and Nick. No, thanks. (laughs) Hey, Mel and Nick. (laughs) Okay, so my notes were a bit different. I wrote down, I'm just going to read a couple things. Okay. Just off the top of, not off the top of my head, but at the time it was. Things like, aren't you never supposed to cut wet grass? Because Gatsby made his gardeners come over and mow Nick's lawn in the pouring rain. Mm -hmm. Seems like something you're not, well, I've always been taught you're not supposed to do things like that. You're right, you're not supposed to. So, that was one of my notes. Also, (laughs) I guess we already talked about this, but I said, what, 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 in all caps, is the point of it being Nick's birthday? (laughs) How dare he have a birthday? (laughs) So annoyed. I also wrote down, um, to be honest, Gatsby is a huge creep. I think we should discuss how... If this were a modern day situation, Gatsby straight to jail. Get him out of here. Like, to be fair, we're both obsessed with Gatsby. We love him. Mm -hmm. We, as women, should not be. He's terrible. Yes. I, he, I wrote a specific note saying he kept clippings of news about Daisy and then bragged about it to her. It's getting serial killer. I mean. Yes. Then I wrote, honey, run away. Yeah. <laughs> just honey get out of there like that is not a healthy relationship no he is not he's a creep and so is nick yes gatsby makes irks me more makes me more worried because he acts on it mm-hmm. and is it's more specific and fixated towards a woman but yes nick nick is not much better well i did there is one point where nick is following women back to their apartments in this book. It is one sentence. Oh, I don't remember says, this. Well, it's, he says, sometimes in my mind, I followed them back to their Oh, apartments. yeah, that, that's not good. <laughs> so maybe he didn't act on it, but he had Still those thoughts. shouldn't be. Again, his also whole relationship with Jordan. What? <laughs> did that happen? Did it not? It did. They kissed a few times. Yeah. Well, it's not, he low-key says at the end of the book that he's, like, in love with her, or was. It's very back and forth. He, it was like, he couldn't care less about her, but 
but also he was that is another thing he says in the last chapter he goes i totally could have left this let this be i could have never said anything i could have not brought it up but i needed to talk to jordan and like figure out what happened between us and then yeah they break it off yeah the then he, he has a conversation with her and then he's like yeah that didn't need to happen but we're all good like it's fine everything's okay unimportant side plot that we did not need which can you even call it a side plot because it's there but it's not yeah it pops up at random and he alludes to it but will not say anything about it he won't elaborate on it so you're supposed to like guess and try to pull at stuff to figure out and try to put together Mm -hmm. what he's saying and what he means but it's but who reading this is an avid nick and jordan stan like who is a nick stan (laughs) Who likes this book? (laughs) Disclaimer, we do. (laughs) Disclaimer, I I rated it five stars for nostalgia and zero for racism. Yes, I did not rate it any stars. I didn't think about it. (laughs) I'd probably give it, I don't know what I would give it. Realistically, I'd say it's sitting at a three, three and a half out of five star rating. That's what I was thinking. For my personal purposes, five stars. It's hard because I agree with you on both of those ratings, and I will still stand by till I die that I love Gatsby, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's a great book. Yes. And a great classic, and I want everyone to read it. (laughs) But probably only because it ties so much to our friendship. Yeah. And the origins of our friendship. Like, imagine if we had read something else, and that was the... uh, That would probably be Imagine if we had read The Crucible... We read that in that class, but if we had read that at the time, we were, like... Thank God it wasn't The Crucible. <laughs> Let's read The Crucible next. Hey, Melon, no thanks! <laughs> you can read that one on your own. In my spare time. Okay, I have one quote I want to come back to that is at the very beginning of the book on page 16. Okay. Nick is talking to Daisy. It's, like, their first reunion after they haven't been together, and Nick is learning that she has a child, and he gets super awkward. He all of a sudden doesn't know how to talk (laughs) or have a conversation, and just there's, like, a little bit of silence, and then Nick goes, I suppose she talks and eats and everything. (laughs) No, she's a dog. Like, what? (laughs) I don't know. He's just, like, he all of a sudden doesn't know how to talk to Daisy or have a conversation, and so he's like, oh. Has he seen a child before? So... So I guess she she probably eats and talks and and everything else that kids do, I guess. That humans do. You know, Nick is one of the dumbest people alive, I think. Probably. I'll, I'll stand probably. by Probably. And can we also talk about the weird um, motif of incest between Daisy and Nick I... throughout the course of the novel? Oh, no. Why is no one writing an essay about this? <laughs> that is a whole... That I don't know we should dive down. <laughs> or should we? Well, let's go. I don't have any specific notes or anything about it, aside from the fact that Nick and Gatsby... Oh my gosh. Sure, Nick and Gatsby. <laughs> but, this specifically right now, Daisy and Nick have all these, like, random little, like, moments together where they're both like, Oh, Nick! <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweetie! <laughs> Why can't Tom come to tea with us? What do you have planned, you silly boy? <laughs> Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. That'd be, <laughs> that's one of the things. <laughs> um, yes, that. I wrote 
in my notes, are we going to talk about the weird incest vibes from Nick and Daisy that are 100% driven by Daisy in this entire yeah. book? And then I wrote down this quote. She says, if you want to kiss me anytime during the evening, Nick, just let me know and I'll be glad to arrange it for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. It's just not cousin energy. <laughs> I would argue that her calling him Nikki sums that up. It gives, this is, I'm going to gag saying this, daddy vibes. Like, okay. the feeling I get whenever she called him Nikki is how I feel when people say daddy. I, I know that's a weird Yikes. stretch. No, but, it makes sense. But because, like, he's Nick. He's not a Nikki. No. He's not, like, Nikki gives me, oh, you're, like, a sweet, nice, cuddly, good friend, Nikki. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. No. No, it's just Nick. And nobody ever call it's, I guess it sounds like a pet name. Nikki sounds like a pet name mm-hmm. for Nick. Yeah. In the story. And we'll just leave it at that. Okay, hey, just, Melon, no thanks. Hey, Melon, we don't support incest mm. on this podcast. <laughs> or racism. <laughs> or racism. <laughs> And for that reason, this book has a three and a half or three star rating out of five. Okay. Something we have not talked about yet that needs to be mentioned is Wolfsheim. Mr. Wolfie, if you will. (laughs) I didn't know how to spell his name, so I wrote him as Mr. Wolfie. So another pet name. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sir Wolfsheim. (laughs) Sir Mr. Wolfsheim. He only exists for about a page, right? Yes. Maybe, maybe two. two or three. He's there very, very briefly very in the briefly. B- middle of the book. But a very important character for Gatsby. Oh, no, he's at the very end because Nick really tries to get him, get him to come to the, to the funeral. funeral. So he does make an appearance at the end. I apologize for that. My misinformation. Any stands of Mr. <laughs> Wolfsheim who are still listening. I apologize for offending you. <laughs> My mistake. He's a pick-me. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, he is. Wow, you've, set, you've summed that up perfectly. I couldn't figure it out. What I wrote down was, for no reason at all, Mr. Wolfsheim annoys the crap out of me. My eyes physically roll when I read his name. And I'm not, I, he pops up and I, nope, I no. want to check out. I'm out of here. He's so annoying. He, I don't know, for anybody who has not read this book, (laughs) and by anybody, probably us, and we have read this book, (laughs) for future us when we're listening, he has cufflinks made out of human molars Mm -hmm. that he very, very proudly shows off. I forgot about that, and it was just a, a funny moment to read about that again. I remember fixating on it when we were analyzing this book the first time through Mm -hmm. in high school. So when it came up again, it brought up maybe a little PTSD is what (laughs) I was experiencing. (laughs) I cannot stand Wolfsheim. I hate him so much. And he just sits and goes on and on about his molar cufflinks and how proud he is of them, how much he loves them. So gross. And Nick's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, thanks for telling me. How Can I leave now? Is lunch over? Gatsby left. I don't want to be talking to you anymore. Let me leave. Mm -hmm. I will say that one redeemable quality in Wolfsheim is that he does appear to be a pioneer Natsby shipper. 
because he says to Nick about Gatsby, <laughs> fine fellow, isn't he? Handsome to look at and a perfect gentleman. Wow. He's kind of being a wingman. Sure is. He's putting, planting ideas, planting seeds. Mm-hmm. He really is. And that was his only redeemable quality for me. I will give him 0.1% of a good person for that. I would That's all agree. I, that's all I can muster up. I just. He doesn't deserve anything. He's so annoying. He doesn't. He doesn't end up coming to the funeral, right? No, no one comes to yeah. the funeral except Nick and Gatsby's father. Yeah, so Nick goes and sees Mr. Wolfsheim in person to try to get him to come to the funeral because he thought that that would mean a lot to Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Wolfsheim basically blows him off and is like, you know what? I, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want to, like, straight up, I don't want to go. I'm not coming. <laughs> like, stop bothering me about this. I don't want to come. I've given you excuses. You're not taking them. Yeah. Get out of here. Isn't it so sad, though, that nobody came to Gatsby's funeral? Yeah, that is really sad. And, like, Nick, he tried his best. He really he did. I will give Nick credit. He tried to pull out all the stops. He tried to call up everybody he could think of. Mm-hmm. He really, really tried to get people to come to Gatsby's funeral. Mm-hmm. To no avail. No. Is Just, Gatsby's dad in the movie? I don't think so. Because I, I forgot that his dad existed mm-hmm. until I read the book. Okay. That's what I thought. I thought it was just Nick. But yeah, his dad showed up. Yeah. And Gatsby is originally from... He went to college at St. Olaf in minnesota yeah he's from i noticed that there's a lot of minnesota comments about Mm -hmm. it because fitzgerald is from minnesota so there's a lot of comments about the state okay that makes sense and (laughs) yes why gatsby or saint olaf is mentioned and stuff so let's do the taylor song okay okay do you want to go first yeah mine is right where you left me oh that's a really good one (laughs) Yes, because Gatsby is right where you left me with yeah. Daisy, and Nick is right where you left me with Gatsby. That relates on all fronts. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, if we should explain, we're picking Taylor Swift songs for that we think represent the books that we read. Correct. So I chose Exile. As I was going through the songs, or like trying to figure out one, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do one that felt like it represented Nick and Daisy and Gatsby, like the whole three of them, because I was like, we could definitely get some weird, like, love triangle stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. Felt like I needed to take my own thoughts and amusings aside and just focus on what the book is actually about and what it seems like Fitzgerald wrote it to be, which is technically Gatsby and Daisy's love for each other. Okay. And I felt that exile especially because it's written from both points of view. Mm -hmm. I thought it represented the pain a lot between the both of them, specifically heavier on Gatsby's side. I love that. Yeah. And I'm going to think of them when I listen to that song. Okay, great. I think that's perfect. I also said, or the hoax. And then I wrote down a lyric, which is, my winless fight, this has frozen my ground. So I do think that the hoax, because he's like, your love is the only hoax. What is it? Yeah. So I did think that the hoax could also have been a good one. But I settled on the exile because I liked the dual character. Yeah. Yeah, Point of view. Yeah. But I do really like Right Where You Left Me. That one's perfect as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of Taylor's songs 
could be applied. This one was pretty easy because mm-hmm. I did go through a lot. I did write some other ones. So I was like the one mm-hmm. illicit affairs. Like mm-hmm. you could do any love triangle one. Like there are definitely a few that could apply for sure. Yes. Wow. I like the ones we settled on though. I do. I do like those. Those are the good ones. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So what's left? Okay. So, <laughs> perfect in every way. Perfect in every way. <laughs> and then we can close with happy notes slash did you have any Jerusalem artichokes? I did not. Okay. My only Jerusalem artichoke was this goddamn molar cufflinks <laughs> is what I wrote down. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. I, we should probably be explaining these before we say what they are. <laughs> Um, Jerusalem artichoke moments are things we came up with that are just absolute absurd, weird, random things that happen in a book that you just stop and you're like, what is the point of that? Why is that in here? And Jerusalem artichoke (laughs) comes from the name of my phone case, which is very random, but I bought a new phone case for my phone recently and I bought it on Amazon and the name of it. The, the design name in Amazon is Jerusalem Artichoke, but my phone case is of yellow flowers. I mean, it makes perfect sense. You're right. Uh, why am I questioning it? It's yeah. pretty self-explanatory, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me retract all of this. Actually, I'll just delete this whole segment out of here. I'm going <laughs> to cut it out. So yeah, my only Jerusalem Artichoke moment was... Those goddamn molar cufflinks. As it should be. Okay. Perfect in every way. Okay. Okay. This is, uh, we're going to explain this one before we do it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect in every way is a game of which I stole from another podcast I was listening to. <laughs> but we're going to switch it so that our things we come up with are going to be specific to the books that we're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but Perfect in every way is a game where basically you have the partner of your dreams. They are literally perfect for you in every way. The best person, except for this one thing. And then you have to come up with this one thing. So they're perfect in every way except for this. And then we're going to discuss it and decide if it's a green flag. So full send, you're going to stay with them. If it's a red flag, it's going to kind of annoy you, but you're going to stay with them it's fine. Or if it's a deal breaker and you have to, they're perfect in every way, but it's too much. You, you have to dip out. I'm excited. Okay. You I go too. first. <laughs> okay. My first one is they are perfect in every way, but they find a way to mention cars in every conversation. Oof. Every conversation? Every conversation you have. Deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> like you're trying to make a grocery list. What do we want to have for dinner? Cars. Cars have to be included in that conversation somewhere. Well, I can hop in my Benz and go to the <laughs> grocery store to get this. <laughs> Why yeah. don't we just go to McDonald's? Oh, I had McDonald's in my old car and it smelled like McDonald's yes. for weeks. Exactly. You're constantly talking and hearing about cars. I don't give a shit about cars, <laughs> so it's a no for me. I think I would have to say deal breaker too. <laughs> I could, I do not care about, I would want to at some point, I think I could deal with it for maybe a week, and then I would just want to blow my brains out. Mm -hmm. I could not realistically stand that much car talk, I don't think. I would be like, shut up. (laughs) Just stop talking. 
Okay. Okay. What do you have? Um, they are perfect in every way, but they call you old sport in the bedroom. <laughs> They'll like that old sport. Some bedroom <laughs> podcast <laughs> ASMR for you. You're welcome. I ooh. I think I'm gonna have to say deal breaker. <laughs> I I think that would give me the ick. Giving the ick. That's that's for sure. It's giving a lot of the ick. A lot of ick. You almost there old sports. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. The the podcast is over. I'm leaving. Podcast over. (laughs) That's how we're gonna end it. Uh, yeah, I think I have to say deal breaker. Deal breaker for sure. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, all mm, Mm. sexy talk is not old sport. Just isn't. (laughs) Okay. My next one is, they're perfect in every way, but they will always, under every circumstance, in every condition, drive 15 miles per hour over the speed limit. That's also a deal breaker for me, because I like to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to die. I like to feel safe (laughs) in the car. I promise the other ones I have are not car related. I realize I've talked about cars a lot, but it is kind of a motif in this book, so it's justified. That's a really good one. I would also have to say deal breaker. I can't, anything related to cars is a no for me. I mean, that's like every speed limit. So like if you're in a parking lot, the speed limit is 15, you're going 30 through that parking (laughs) lot. (laughs) You're hitting people, your myrtles left and right. (laughs) Boobs flying off. (laughs) <laughs> in the target party <laughs> myrtle's left <laughs> don't mind me let me just get this myrtle over here this one over here 10 points for this one <laughs> someone please make a video game where you're purposely trying to hit pedestrians and all of them are named myrtle <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i would play um Yeah, or, like, when I was writing it, I was thinking about, like, driving through a neighborhood. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you're just 20 miles an hour through the neighborhood. Yeah, deal breaker. We're just, we're only coming up with deal breakers today. I kind of wrote mine only. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what are your other ones? Okay. They are perfect in every way, but in their will, they leave all of their teeth to Mr. Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Green flag. (laughs) Full send that. Full send. Send Mr. Wolfshine your teeth. I don't eat them. They're of no use to me. I don't want to keep them. Okay, that's fair. You know what? Agree. I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to green flag it. I don't care what happens to you after you die. No. And Mr. Wolfshine, Mr. Wolfshine is not a real person. So fine. Write, write them in your will to, will to Mr. Wolfshine. See what I care. See what happens to your teeth. That's a good one. Um, I also have a Wolfsheim related one next. Amazing. They're perfect in every way, except they wear a molar pendant necklace and will never take it off. You're in bed together. Even when they're calling you old sport in the bedroom. (laughs) While they're calling you old sport in the bedroom, in the shower, at the pool. He is always proudly showing you're at a wedding. Proudly showing off his molar pendant necklace. Deal breaker. No, thank you. <laughs> hey, Melon, no thanks. Hey, Melon, no thanks. Leave your teeth in your will. Don't 
don't show don't be hanging out with don't them. be showcasing that to the public <laughs> that's not something to be proud of I am having a hard time with this one because I would love to be with the absolute like this is the perfect person for me mm-hmm. except she just wears a molar pendant necklace yeah he's wearing a molar <laughs> pendant necklace you're right. exactly correct I'll go jailbreaker <laughs> jailbreaker my next one is that they're perfect in every way, but they must take you to a hotel every time they need to have a serious conversation. <laughs> they refuse to have conversations in your house. You must book a room at a hotel to talk. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's interesting. Only serious conversations. Only though. serious. You can have playful, okay, casual conversations in your so house. So does a serious conversation include like we need to meal plan for the week, like meal prep. No, it's like, I need to take you to a hotel because your grandma died. (laughs) And I need to break the news to you in this hotel. In the hotel room. I think I'm going to go red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not happy about it. It's, I'm not thrilled that we have to go to a hotel room to have serious conversations. It's it's a change of scenery. But. You could go to a different hotel every single time. You could stay the night. They could pay for it. Right. Not on my dime. It's on theirs. They're the I one mean, who nothing needs to gets talk you to me. In the mood. Quite like a serious <laughs> conversation. Really enjoy <laughs> that alone time. Yeah, hey, uh, your dog. Just, <laughs> I actually ran over the dog earlier today in my car. Sorry about that old sport. <laughs> Sorry about that old sport. Did you want to stay the night? And have sex. <laughs> I'm going to say red flag. Red flag. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. I don't think it's quite deal breaker, but it's edging. It's edging there. It's a red flag. Yeah, for sure. Okay, this is my last one. It's perfect in every way, but whenever he meets a child, he will not use their name and only refers to them as it. What about your own children? Nope. It. All children, it. Deal breaker. None of them have a name, it. Deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe I could let it slide for, like, other people's children. Especially if I'm, I'm a person who's super bad at remembering names. I can be meeting you for, a first time, for the first time and have a full conversation. Mm-hmm. We can connect, have a good time, and laugh and whatever. You can walk away. Zero idea what your name was. Not a single clue. It just it goes in one ear, out the other the first time I meet people. So I understand that. And just, like, if you need to get away with it, you have to call it it for a second. But even if this is, like, your niece or nephew yes. and you know the child, it. No. no. Yeah, deal breaker for sure. I think it's hilarious that both Nick and Gatsby had nothing, no idea what to do no. around Cammy. Nope. Gatsby was looking at her, just standing there looking at her. At the very end of the book, Nick, then this is how it came up with it, Nick refers to her as it. She oh. has a name. She is a person. Deal breaker. I'm hard, breaking up with Nick. <laughs> hard, hard pass. Hard deal breaker. Ugh. And for that reason, I'm out. Yeah. Hey, Melon, no thanks. Hey, Melon, no thanks. Okay, do you have any other ones? I do not. Okay, should we close with our happy notes? Okay, let's close with our happy notes. I did not write any happy notes down. So, so this is going to kind of be a spur of the moment okay. thing for right, me. Right off the top of your head. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay, please. okay. My first happy note is that, okay, 
Bucky is my dog, so they're going to be about him. Hmm. Um, Bucky is starting to learn a lot, and it's super fun to see his personality as he grows and learns, which is true. He's, like, he's coming out of his sleepy puppy phase where now he's excited and he wants to play and he has a personality and I can tell what his favorite stuff is what he doesn't like so that's super fun and cute to watch so that's my first happy note and my second one is that the weather is finally nice finally it's May 7th and it is our first couple days of the weather being above 60 degrees and they're actually being sun Mm -hmm. and it i'm thrilled about it it's like the best news ever so yeah my other one is the weather i love both of those i'm gonna steal one okay the weather yes hello hello spring so nice which i feel like is very midwest of us to talk about the weather Mm -hmm. and say that but if you've been it's been 30 to 40 degrees up until a few days ago. Yeah. But now it's sunny, and we're filming this, filming this, we're recording this <laughs> <laughs> on my porch. And it's gorgeous out. Um, and my other happy note is that I finally feel like I belong at work in this my job. This makes me so happy. <laughs> and I'm actually excited to go there, like, when I have yeah. to go into the office. And I know that I have people that I can talk to, like my coworkers. Yeah. And, and I didn't have that before. That's so good. So that's on that. <laughs> I'm, this one makes me so happy. This is truly a happy note. Truly. If, if any of these is a happy note, that is a happy note. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm excited and happy for you. Thanks, old sport. Thanks, old sport. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> okay. It's a deal breaker, apparently. Old sport, out of here. <laughs> hey, Melon, no thanks. Old sport, out. <laughs> Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> okay, do we just end it now? Do we say that that's it? I guess. Okay, bye. Bye.